Hello and welcome to another episode of Anatomy of a Hustler. I'm Cope. I'm Janice. Today we're with the one and only Chris Lang and Fades. There's three men in a man's life that they should trust the most. Priest, best friend, none more important than his barber though. That's me. That's who we got here on the chair Thank with us today. Thank you for having me guys. Appreciate it. So I'm so excited to talk to you because uh, I think the two things that stood out to me, we talked about this earlier, is that you own a barbershop, a brick and mortar in Sacramento. And when you told me that you opened shop in 2018, that you survived the pandemic. I did, yeah, we made it through. So will you walk us back like kind of like one? Do you want to go like back to the opening of the barbershop? Like why I yeah. did it? Or do you want to go to the pandemic first? Let's go, to the, let's go back, back. Let's go back, back. Yeah, let's so, go back, back. Um, I used to work at an amazing barbershop downtown called Ball and Barlow, uh, owned by Anthony Gennati, downtown Sacramento. Worked there for a couple of years and I quickly realized like the reason I got into barbering was I wanted to work for myself. So found a place where I can start putting my money into, creating a, a palette of my own. Started paying rent, started remodeling the whole place, and decided I wanted to make the jump and just kind of work for myself. Uh, me and a good buddy opened it up back in 2018, and uh, yeah, it's been blessed ever since. We've been rocking and rolling since September 2018. Were you previously, were you, have you always had your eyes set on being like a barber? No, it was, uh, I got towards the end of my 20s and I was managing restaurants at the time, and just kind of thought to myself, like, okay, I don't want to do this forever. I don't want to make money for other people for the rest of my life. So, I've, what skill can I learn? What trade do I have kind of in my back pocket that I can get a little better at? and decided to go through barber school. And yeah, the rest worked out. I got lucky, it worked out. What do you yeah. mean you got lucky? Can you explain well, why you feel like jumped. lucky? It's uh, really only the third job I've ever had. I worked at um, a family owned and operated pizza place out in Elk Grove. And then I worked for a fast casual restaurant. And then I just kind of took the leap and went to barber school. And so this is the only third, the only the third job I've ever had in my life. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Can you, which, um, can you say which fast casual yeah, place? Yeah, it's called Freebirds World Burritos. They don't, they're not in California oh, yep. anymore. But yeah, Freebirds World Burritos. It's like a fast casual, kind of like a Chipotle, but a little more fun. <laughs> it was more fun, yeah. It was more fun. A little more lively than Chipotle. Yeah. And then so you had opened your barbershop in 2018 and everything, it went smoothly, right? You make it sound like it was super easy. No, it wasn't easy at all. It was, yeah, lots of late nights. I was still working at the other barbershop all day making money to go spend on building my new barbershop and working there until, you know, two, three in the morning. Um, yeah, it was not easy at all. It was, we did the whole thing from the ground up, uh, poured the concrete ourselves, did the drywall ourselves, did the electrical ourselves. I completely did the whole thing built by hand. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Not so many people can say that they easy do at all. that. Yeah. And so after that happened, um, the pandemic, that changes a lot of things. California has a lot of really strict, yeah. uh, I guess restrictions. Yeah, it got, they got really tight on us really fast. Um, my business partner moved away at the very end of 2019, it was December 2019. So I rolled into 2020 with a new barber, someone who just got out of barber school and not my right hand man anymore, like not my buddy anymore. So I was already kind of nervous of how I was going to make this all work out. And then early March, I think it was, they sh like within the next day, like you can't be open today. So yeah, it, I, it was pretty intense. I wasn't sure what to do at first, but um, just kind of reached out to my clients and asked like, hey, if you guys still need haircuts and you still feel comfortable, like I'm still going to keep working. You know, they said everyone who wasn't, you know, in what's the word, what's the word they use for it? Um, essential. Essential for their business could have to go home. And as me as a barber, I'm the most essential person in my business. So I kind of- Can you attest to that? I kind of oh, that way. That's how I I wouldn't it. be camera ready if it wasn't for my guy. So the pandemic, came in, you you survived by loyal clients, yeah. or did you have to make some pivots? Definitely had to make some pivots. Um, right around that same time, Sacramento had a lot of like, you know, the BLM riots that were going down, and like a lot of just 
chaos going down downtown. So there's times where my business was boarded up where I couldn't even go cut hair if I wanted to, if people wanted a haircut. So um, yeah, just kind of had to pivot, did some house calls, went to people's houses, stopped at apartments, went to other people's offices, anything I could really do to make sure that I was able to keep my lights on at my brick and mortar. I had to do anything that I could really. Did you have a team at the time? Um, it was just me and uh, John, who just opened his own barbershop downtown. Uh, he just got out of school and he was kind of trying to figure it out himself. He didn't really have a clientele yet yeah. to come down and cut for. So it was, I was pretty much like riding solo for the first chunk of the pandemic. Yeah. Can I ask? So like, yeah, Anthony, he, you came from him mm -hmm. and he birthed you basically. He, yeah, like, he, he launched yeah, your I barbershop. Of, I owe a lot of what I, he, well, I mean, I, it was my barbershop. Yeah. It was all, it was all my pie, but I owe a lot of what I do to Anthony. And so how does it feel when you have someone that was part of your barbershop, even oh, through the super, pandemic was, and start yeah, their own? I was super proud of him. Yeah. He went off and he just opened, it's called Take Care Sacramento. It's right off J and 25th, 24th, I believe. A small little three chair shop. So I'm super proud of him. Yeah. He kind of just did what I did and then, yeah. It was very, very rewarding to kind of see him grow up and blossom. Do you think barbering is like very competitive or do you feel like because of the way the community is? Like some people make it competitive. Some people let their ego get involved. And, you know, some people put a lot of pride between their within like client retention. You know, they yeah. take it personal if somebody doesn't like the haircut and goes to try a different barber. Um, I don't view it that way. There's plenty of people in Sacramento's hair to cut. There's a ton of people here who get haircuts. So I, I don't take it as a competitive thing. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing that has always stood out to me is your network. You're yeah. so well respected. It's, I feel like you can't go out in Sacramento without running into someone that you either already cut their hair or at the very least just knows who you are. Uh, what do you think you can attribute that to or what's, what's some advice you can give to someone that's trying to build their network? Trying to build their network? Um, listen, like take genuine interest in what the people you're interacting with do. You know, I didn't really build, I don't think I build my network by trying to see, okay, what can I get out of this person? You know, how are they going to better build my network? But more of, oh, I know a guy that does fences. I have another client that needs a fence built and intertwining those people and using me as kind of a median to interact and build the, my network that way. So that's what we're, that's the tool that probably worked best for me. And then just being genuine, just actually getting to know people, you know, I don't think that there's a reason that, you know, you could walk around downtown and people talk about me and hopefully without, you know, without a sour tongue. I like to think I had not too many I people out there. I could sit there and listen if yeah. they were being sour. Yeah, I would hope so. But yeah, just, yeah, just be nice to people. That's it. That's the business plan. Just, just be nice. Be nice, man. <laughs> just be kind to people. Yeah. So how would you define hustle? Like, it sounds like this is something that you've done your entire life almost. Yeah, I, I mean, I started working when I was 14 years old. I started doing dishes in the back of the pizza place, you know, because I needed money. We, I grew up from like a very little to no means family. So as soon as I was old enough to start contributing, it was time to go. It was time to get to work. Yeah. So I guess my definition of hustle, just what, what's the actual definition? Like to move forcibly towards a direction that you want, I think is probably close to that. Um, but yeah, you move with, you know, you get up and go, you add a little bit of hustle to it, you start moving faster. So just knowing when it's time to turn it up a notch, when it's time to like, okay, I really got to focus, I really got to work to get to this next plateau. And then you can kind of take a breath and realize, okay, what direction do I want to go next? Yeah. And once you have that next direction, okay, it's time to start hustling that way. So what, where do you feel like you're at in that kind of like cyclical part of hustling? Um, I really feel like I just kind of came to a nice healthy plateau. The last few years, like I said, I opened up in 2018 a year and a few months into my business, I get hit, I have to shut down. My business partner leaves and I have to shut down. I spent a few years kind of surviving through the pandemic and we just kind of got out and got fully back open. And now I'm finally able to just enjoy the fruits of my labor. Like the, the business I should have been enjoying for the last two years, I'm finally at that point now. So right now I just kind of want to sit back and like watch my baby grow and just watch it do its thing. 
How big is your team right now? I have four, me and three other barbers. And do you impart kind of like the wisdom that you are talking about now about like being genuine to when you have other team members? Like oh, do you absolutely. Tell them yeah, about there's, that? Um, I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by one of my best friends that I've been best friends with for like 13 years. He started apprenticing under me a couple years ago. And so he's a barber in the shop now. Um, Adrian Valentine, I worked with at Bottle and Barlow. We've become really good friends over the last five years. And then um, Alicia, she's our other barber. She was the one who kind of got me into barbering. So these are all like family to me. It's not just like coworkers. These are all people that I brought in because it's my space at the end of the day. It's kind of like my clubhouse. And I didn't want to just bring people in just to fill a seat, just to get rent off somebody. I wanted to bring people in who I could help kind of have a home base where they can feel comfortable and start like taking care of their own life by not, you know, have, finally have a place where they can just kind of sit and enjoy the fruits of their labor too. So you're talking about building a culture right now. That's really what it is. I'm trying to, yeah, I try to. Do you have, did you have like a guideline or like a vision of what that culture was or is it just like these kind of little things that you've like uh, values that you've kind of like stacked on? I'd say it's probably just values. I mean, I'm still maturing myself. Like I'm changing who I am daily, weekly, you know, yearly. So as I've kind of grown up and matured and become a business owner. And so now I would look myself, okay, you own a business now. It's time to grow up a little bit. It's time to act a little more mature. So my values change and the way I approach business change and approach people change. So I've just been kind of evolving my culture and my, my business as I've been growing up. It's kind of growing with me. And on the opposite end, what's something that like is a value that you're just like, as soon as someone has that value or like, <clears throat> do you get what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> it's like on the opposite end, when you meet somebody and you realize that they don't share the same values, what's typically the thing that's like, this is not aligned with my values? Um, I've been pretty fortunate enough to not have to draw a hard line in the sand, at least in my barbershop. But um just negativity like you know like there's you could either things are going to happen to you in life you could either look at them the silver lining way or the negative way and let it ruin your day and so i try not everything i take with like a positive note but i try my best to make sure i try to look at things the positive way so try to keep negative people out of the shop you don't want anyone in there just kind of hating for no reason just being angry and upset with life i don't really like to have that in my environment i feel like that's important for like all businesses most businesses it's yeah. like trying to find good people mm -hmm. And I, I hate to chalk it up to like they had a good vibe, but like really it's like, do they share the same values? No, as I completely you? agree with you. Like as moving up through um, like my jobs before Freebirds, one thing I, or during Freebirds is I realized is as a good worker, as a good employee, someone who showed up every day ready to work and ready to accomplish the task, I was the commodity. They couldn't sell any burritos without good workers showing up. So once I realized that I myself am the reason this business is succeeding, not just me in general, all the good workers that I had, then I was like, why don't I just do that for myself? Why don't I just work for myself instead of being a good worker for somebody else's business? Speaking of that and what you've learned along the way, what was one thing that stood out to you that you were just completely caught off guard by jumping from renting a chair to then moving into your own space? Um, it's just kind of like overwhelming. Like I, I'm not, I don't have a child of mine, but eventually like, I had a baby. Like I, this, this is all me now. I'm responsible for all of it. So, you know, it's just there's so many little things that can fill a whole checklist of like the stuff you have to do that I didn't have that checklist in front of me. So I was kind of building it as I went. Like I didn't even know I needed light switch covers when I first started, you know, little things like that you don't even think about as you're building the business up. It's like, oh yeah, I probably should get something like that. So just evolving on the fly. And you've seen the shop, you're in there week one, it's completely changed. We started off with just two chairs and then John got added before Mason left. So I had to build another third chair. So I had to completely alter like the whole layout of the shop. And now I'm up to four chairs now. So just uh, being fluid, being able to evolve and change on the fly, like if you need to is crucial. Cause you can't be like super stuck. At least for me, if I was just stuck in my ways, like, no, that's not going to work. Then, you know, 
I wouldn't have had other people in my shop helping carry me through the back end of the pandemic by, you know, renting space from me. Have you ever had a moment like that where you like were stuck in your ways and had to learn how to like, because adaptability is something I feel like people like it's a skill they learn as they make mistakes. Was there something like a... I definitely consider myself stubborn at at some point in my life. Yeah, I've been stubborn. I've been hot headed. I've been I've gotten fights in the workplace before. Like I've I've completely matured. Like I said, I started working when I was 14. So I went through my adolescence, through my young 20s, through my early 30s, like working with other people. So I've had every moment under the sun of you know, one week I'm stubborn, one week I'm, you know, probably too giving and not being stubborn enough, letting people walk all over me. So I'm still new to this. I'm still growing myself and figuring out as I go too. Will you unpack that a little bit about not being stubborn enough? Like stubbornness, I think is a good trait. Maybe that's my own personality. <laughs> I think one time there was this job interview I went through and like, she was like, well, what would your, cause my mom was my boss at the time. And like, what would your mom say? And I was like, she would call me stubborn. And then I was like, why did that leave my mouth? And she said, you know, stubborn puppies make good something. Like they make good dogs later on. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I'm probably just too much of, um, if somebody needs my help, and there's a way that I could do it, I'll do everything I can to try to help them, yeah. which, is, which is a good quality, which I don't wanna lose. But what I tend to do is I tend to ignore the stuff that I should be taking care of for myself. And that eventually catches up to me on the back end. I spread myself a little too thin, mm-hmm. um, you know, like try, from moving from my shop from two chairs to four chairs, making extra room so other people that needed a place to come work could come work. You know, doing that in the middle of a pandemic while I'm barely making rent and deciding, oh, now's a great time to buy a whole new station and like invest more money into this business when I'm not even sure if I'm going to make it. So that's one thing I think I need to work on moving forward is just kind of promising too much to people. Yeah. Yeah. And is that personal? It's not just business. Oh, that, it that, like that, that transcends personal. my personal life and my business life. Yeah. I mean, you can relate, right? Like you, so you guys are both entrepreneurs and you both have people that you take care of, yep. you have people that like, you're trying to take care of yourself and you're trying to take care of a business. Yeah. What are ways that you find balance or if you've had a chance to find that balance? Finding balance. I'm in the process of finding balance. Um, I think it's just trial and error. Like, you know, there's going to be things, there's going to be things that come across a table where I'm probably going to second guess whether I should like stretch myself a little thin again. And knowing myself, I probably will do it again. Yeah. But I'll, you know, when it comes, hopefully it works out next time. I learned my lessons from the time before to not make the same mistakes again, you know, not stretch myself out, but not too thin. Totally understand. Yeah. Do you have mentors right now? I do. Um, I have like a ton of guys that come down and sit in my chair. They're very well-respected businessmen in Sacramento, guys who I've been able to pick their brains before, you know, hey, I'm thinking about starting my own barbershop. What are some tips? What are some things I need yeah. to know? So I have a ton of mentors. Um, growing up, it was Larry and Brian, the two guys who own the pizza place that I worked for growing up. They taught me all that. Um, Once I got to my second job at Freebirds, my good buddy Jamal was my boss at the time and he kind of showed me the ropes through that. So I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by like successful guys. And I'm not afraid to pick someone's brain and ask questions like, hey, how do you, how did you get to where you are? What can I learn from you? What are some tricks that I could apply? Seems like a very consistent theme in like your growth. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm always a sponge. I try to pick people's brains all the time. Yeah, one. So, uh, one of the things that uh, that we share is uh, like thirst for knowledge and personal development. So every time I, I pay him, um, it's usually book club because we're talking about like, what are we reading? What are we listening to? And uh, there's always like little gems we pull from each other on what we're learning. Yeah. Cope's one of the guys that I look up to and, you know, as you know, he, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. As someone that's also working to receive compliments, I, I, I appreciate that, bro. 
but I was going to ask, is there any one lesson that stood out to you from looking back on some of those mentors that you had? Um, yeah, Doug Elements, who owns a, a PR firm here in Sacramento, he just kind of told me like, there, you're going to have ups and downs. Like there's going to be days where you don't want to do this. There's going to be days where you feel like you're getting battered by the storm, but like just keep going. Like you're either going to make it through or you're not going to make it. But if you give up and like stop trying to make it work, then you have your answer already. Mm-hmm. So Doug, Doug's been a huge mentor of mine. That's such a good quote. Yeah, that's, great. that's not, I don't think that's my quote. I don't think that's exactly what he said. But <laughs> Just along, along those lines. Yeah. You know, like things are like the pandemic happened. People, my business partner left, like other things are going to happen. So just kind of be prepared for it. Be ready for it. Don't be super stubborn and set in your ways so that when things happen, you can't adjust to it and just, yeah, stay fluid. Stay fluid. So adaptability, Mm -hmm. asking a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I see in a lot of entrepreneurs is like their, their risk tolerance, basically. It sounds like you've taken a lot of like that jump from, you know, running, being a manager of a fast food place to straight yeah, up entrepreneurship I, I walked out of a salary job I, I quit like at night i wrote him a note i was like sorry i just i can't do this anymore i walked away from my salary my benefits the all moment that, you just, realized yeah it just kind of hit me one day i was like i can't do this anymore like i have to go try at least something and did you know I, you were going to go to like barbershop school it was one of the things like hey if i quit like this is an option this is an option there's a few things but it was high on the list of like that might be the direction i go when this all settles down that's crazy yeah like you didn't it even was, know what your five-year plan was i just knew i didn't want to do that anymore and that was enough to push you and over the edge. Enough, yeah. And do you feel like you come to a lot of those like moments where you're taking these giant leaps or is this like the first big leap? I'm you've trying done to in get life? better at approaching my leaps, like recognizing <laughs> the leaps before they come. Like, I don't want to just run blindly up to all the cliffs in my life. Yeah. But, um, yeah. As I'm growing up and becoming older and getting more mature, I think when I get approached with, you know, big questions in life, I'd like to think that I'm getting better at handling it. And I don't want to make the same mistakes twice. So just try to, you know. So good. I can see why you and Cope get along very oh, well. Yeah. Like your his personality. <laughs> yeah. And I could thank him in return. Yeah. There's there's a lot of, like I said, I, it's half a joke in the intro that you should be able to trust like three men in your circle and your yeah. barber being one is absolutely yeah. crucial because he's seen me highs, lows, and definitely with fucked up hair, you know, but yeah. he's always been able to take care of me or yeah. pull something or, or provide me with something in a way that you, it's hard to recreate in a 30 minute conversation with just anyone right yeah and it's the same thing like you've seen me highs and lows too you've come in the shop and seen me dealing with stuff outside of work where i'm in tears and like all right man like you know i just need a hug right now you know things happen so um i'm very fortunate enough to be surrounded by a big circle of guys you know around my age or and women too who are just like my community who all care about me and i all care about them so it's it's really a very rewarding job and that's one thing i didn't anticipate when getting into hair was the connections I was going to build and the friendships I was going to build and the rewarding spot I get to be in because guys come in and they get a haircut and then when I turn them around they feel better about themselves so they they get that burst of you know serotonin I feel good about myself and they equate me with the guy who makes them feel better about themselves and that's a really cool place to take up in people's lives Yeah. yeah so what's next for for you specifically, for it me have specifically, to be. Um, like I said, I'm finally at a chance, at a space where I can kind of just sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labor. Like I've made it through the pandemic, I've made it through the storm. I had a couple other, you know, off the field things that I had to deal with and kind of settle in my life. And I'm finally at a place now where I've built a successful business. It's healthy. It's thriving. It's getting busier every day. And I kind of want to just sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labor for a little bit. And um, when the next thing is ready it'll present itself and as long as i'm 
you know, paying attention to the opportunities that come in front of me, like it'll, it'll come eventually. That's the awesome. Universe provides. The universe provides, yeah, that's kind of my flow. I think what I love about your story is that like, we're trying to redefine what hustle means. And sometimes it's like, I have this big plan to take over and be a Fortune 500 company. But right now in your life, success looks like peace almost. Yeah, like getting to that, getting to the point of, what's it called, the peak of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm a pretty humble guy. Like I don't need a lot, I don't need a Ferrari, I don't need gold, I don't need jewelries. And I, some, I'm not knocking those things, like some people want those things, but me personally, I don't need it. So I'm fortunate enough to where I've built a career now where I'll be able to provide for myself for the rest of my life. As long as I you know, stay healthy and keep cutting hair, like I've reached a good career. I'm, I'm not at the top of the mountain, but I'm at a healthy place where I can build a really strong foundation of for the back half of my life now that I'm in my 30s. So just kind of solidifying that foundation a little more, like I'm busy, but I could always be busier. You know, the shop could always be busier. So once I feel like the shop is busting at the gills, then it'll probably be time to be like, okay, like what do I need to look for next? That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of peace in that, I feel like. It is, it, it's something I'm working on. Just trying to be in the moment and just go day by day. Is there anything that you would wanna maybe speak on or, or some words of wisdom that you would wanna provide to someone that's maybe really earlier in their, in their career or in their journey that may be following a similar path to you? Yeah, um, one thing that I wish I would have known sooner was kind of just that narrowing my focus. Instead of working on seven different things at one time and not being able to give 100% of the energy that that product requires. Like, you know, if I, would have, if I would have approached my barbershop and seven other things at one time, I wouldn't have been able to put enough energy in my barbershop to make it a successful barbershop. So what I see a lot is a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I have seven different things that I'm doing. That's the that's what they're selling, right? That's what you're selling. Like, yeah. look at all these different things I do. Diversification. Yeah. So maybe yeah. just focus on one thing really intently. Like, master one craft really well, and then move on to the next step, and give that one thing that you do 100% of your attention, because then it's gonna you're gonna get the best product you can get that you're able to you know produce. Awesome. Yeah, but that goes with lots of things, not just business. Like, you know, if you're trying to start a family and go to college and start a career all at the one time, like one of those things is gonna suffer. So just be patient with yourself. Like you're trying to build right now. So give yourself a break. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Will you do me a favor? Yeah. Will you look at the camera and tell people your name, your business, yeah. and like what you're known for? My name is Chris Long. Um, I'm the owner of Tailored Style and Image, which is a barbershop in downtown Sacramento. And I'm known for giving really good haircuts and just making friends. That and being an incredible <laughs> human, 100%. Yeah, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, 100%. Awesome, well, thanks for chatting with us. That was like really short, sweet, and like to the point. And honestly, I learned a little bit about balance. I think that's my next goal of like if investing that's what, If that. I could provide you a little bit of balance, then I feel, yeah, good. Yeah. That's what I came here to do, that's perfect. Awesome, yeah. cool. Do you guys, are you clapping? We can clap it. Thank you guys. <laughs>